Do you want to maximize your success with NCUA? Join Mark Trichel as he shares with you the insider's view on passing your exam with Flying Colors. The With Flying Colors podcast is sponsored by Credit Union Exam Solutions by Mark Trichel. If you would like to work directly with the Credit Union Exam Solutions team and receive support to optimize your results with NCUA so you save time and money, visit us at marktrichel.com to find out more. Hey everyone, this is Mark Trichel with another episode of With Flying Colors, and I'm excited to be back with David Seibert. So we're going to talk about enterprise risk management and specifically NCUA's risk appetite statement. David, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Mark. Thank you for having me on. You bet. Yeah, so NCUA approved this item at their last meeting, and you and I quickly got online and said, hey, let's uh, let's chat about this. But before we get into it, if you could give the listeners, if they didn't have a chance to hear your first episode or the first episode where I interviewed you, if you could just give a little bit about your background and what it is you're doing with credit unions these days. Yeah, thanks, Mark. I'd love to do that. So again, it's David Seibert, and my consulting company name is simply David Seibert Consulting. And I've been doing the consulting for about eight years. I worked at a credit union prior to that for about four years. So I've been doing specifically enterprise risk management consulting to credit unions. And I, so I've been in the credit union ERM business for over 12 years. Prior to that, I spent about 12 years in information security and got really involved in corporate strategies. Taking the risk area of information security and then looking at corporate strategy, I discovered this thing called enterprise risk management. Fell in love with it, went that direction, and did that at, at credit unions. So now I, I help credit unions build ERM, improve their ERM, and really just get the ideal enterprise risk management that they're looking for. Very good. And it's becoming something I'm seeing with my clients quite a bit. I've learned a little bit about it since I interviewed you to learn a little bit more about it. And lo and behold, NCUA came out last week and publicly discussed, and the NCUA board approved their risk appetite statement. They made a reference to the fact that enter, the that enterprise risk management became something NCUA was utilizing back in 2015 when actually I approved the charter for the Enterprise Risk Management Council when I was at NCU. That was, what, seven years ago. They've come a long way. I don't recall much of what was in that charter other than maybe who I put into the who I put onto the committee, but this is good that they did it publicly. It's good that they've got it out there. And I thought it would be, it'd be great if you could maybe kind of walk through what you saw in the documents, what you may have heard if you listened to the video relative to the mechanics of NCUA's appetite statement. Yeah, yeah, I'm really looking forward to talking about this. So thank you for breaking the news on LinkedIn because you you broke the news, so to speak. You released the document for everybody to see. And that that gave me a chance to look at the risk appetite nine-page document right away. So thanks for doing that. So yeah, I've got a number of things we can talk about here. First of all, I'd like to say I all I have in front of me is the nine-page document. So I don't have any other context. I don't know the inner workings of the NCUA. My viewpoints here are just what I see in this document here. So I just want to let people know I'm not, I don't have a lot of insider information on the NCUA. But one of the first things I'd like to mention is when credit unions do enterprise risk management, sometimes they get advice right away about risk appetite. Like risk appetite is such an important thing. They sometimes believe that you need to do that right away. But here we see the NCUA seven years later, coming out with a risk appetite statement. So I want people to understand that you don't have to do risk appetite right away because 
it's a difficult concept. It's an elegant concept, but it really takes a lot of work and ERM maturity to really do it right. So first thing I would say is <laughs> that's a good takeaway. You don't need to do risk appetite in year one. And risk appetite really needs to mature as your ERM program matures. So I'm sure the ERM program at the NCOA has matured, of course, since 2015. So now's the time to do that. But I can start out with a couple of things I really like about their risk appetite statement. I would say, for one, they're practicing what they preach. So they're doing enterprise risk management, and they've now come out with the risk appetite, which is how much risk the NCOA is willing to take on to achieve its strategy and goals. And they're sharing that with the public. So kudos to the NCUA for doing that and sharing that so that other credit unions can learn from that. The other, the second thing I really like about it that I wanted to share is there are some reasons why a credit union would do enterprise risk management. And on page three of the document they released at the top, they have the four bullet points right there that really give you in good detail why you'd want to do ERM and why the NCUA released this in a risk appetite statement. So the first bullet point <clears throat> says it's to enable the communication of guidelines on the levels of risk it's willing to accept in pursuit of the agency's mission and goals. So right there is basically the definition of risk appetite. So we're communicating the guidelines around how much risk we should be taking on as an agency. I'd also add that that's essentially an agreement between the board and management at the NCOA. So the board got involved and said, this is what we're trying to achieve. This is the amount of risk we think we should take on. And now management has to execute that. They have to execute the mission, the vision, the strategic goals within this amount of risk, within this risk appetite. So that's bullet point one. I think that's a good takeaway. Bullet point two says that they did this to encourage consistency in understanding measuring and managing risk across the enterprise while fostering credit union system innovation and growth. So the key takeaway there is this provides consistency across the NCOA because they have eight categories of risk they talk about in the document. And without a risk appetite statement, those eight categories can somewhat be siloed and managed differently by different groups of people. But now that we have one document that says this is the amount of risk we should be taking within each of these eight categories that provides a level of consistency around risk management across the agency. So that's great. That's a great benefit. Let me jump yeah. in there because you, you mentioned the word siloed, which is something that NCUA, it's, a, it's the concept of silos and certain areas making their own decisions without crossing over into other areas is something that NCUA and every organization has to deal with. And actually, Chairman Harper at the table, one of the, one of the questions he asked of the staff members at the table was, as they take these eight risks that they've defined and they assign champions for those, that they want to make sure that they don't get siloed in their own area, again, to be cognizant of the facts. So it's interesting to hear you talk about the silo, and that was something that the NCUA chairman was wanting to make sure didn't happen and that they kept the cross-fertilization. Thanks for sharing that, because that's insight. I don't have, I did not know that they've talked about that. And I like that they have a champion for each of the eight categories. And then those, each of those risk champions are encouraged to work together. So yes, that breaks down the silos. That's great. Thanks for sharing that. So the yeah. third bullet point 
<clears throat> says support prioritization of responses to risks and decision making to balance limited time and resources. So this is essentially the efficient allocation of resources. If you don't discuss up front and decide how much risk you're willing to take, you really don't know when to stop mitigating risk. But with a risk appetite statement, now you've got it's defined basically. So you can allocate resources to the priority the prioritize risks. So it truly is a great benefit of a risk appetite statement is to help prioritize resources. So that's what that third bullet point is. And then the fourth bullet point says, drive a more risk aware culture. And risk appetite absolutely helps improve any kind of risk culture. So if you want to take on more risk, you can use the risk appetite to say, hey, we're willing to take on risk look at our risk appetite statement. If you want to be very risk averse, you can communicate that across the agency or the organization because here it is, it's in our risk appetite statement. So risk appetite statements are very key to risk culture. So that's a fourth great bullet point. That whole four bullet points that talks about why they're doing this are essentially the benefits of risk appetite. So I think that's well done. So kudos to the NCUA for getting it done, sharing it with us, and uh, outlining those four bullet points as to why they're doing it. Very good. And yeah, drive a more risk-aware culture, making the awareness is the key, the operative word there. There was at the table, there was much discussion about the stakeholders having access to this document. What Rodney Hood talked about how this could have been done by notation vote, and it didn't need to be done by notation vote. But if you do something by notation vote, that means it's not done in the public forum. Mm -hmm. By discussing at the public forum, you raise the bar, you raise the awareness. And then staff actually spoke to the fact that by having the board approve it, the NCUA staff will give it more import importance as well. So all great points. So, yeah, you're right. You're right. It does help with the risk awareness. Right. Absolutely. When leadership stands up and talks about things, that impacts culture. So if you want to impact risk aware culture, being aware of the risks, have the board talk about it. <laughs> you got it. You got it. Very good. If that's the if that's the strength of what you like here in this document, with the history that you have of the things that you've done in this whole arena, what, where in the document might be a good start, but where you might want to see NCUA make some enhancements down the road? Okay. Yeah, there are a couple of areas where I think maybe there are, they fell a little bit short that they might want to work on in the future. And one is they listed three different category, categories, is not the right word. It's the three different levels of risk. So they've got the risk appetite level table on page three, where they define the three different levels. There's tolerant, moderate, and averse. And this was pointed out by other people on LinkedIn and comments. And the NCUA defined those three levels. But as you go through the document, they only use two of those. And that, that was pointed out that why are you defining three and only using two? I think that's a minor issue because currently at this moment in time, maybe they only really fit into two of the three categories. And over time, there might be more use of the third category. Um, that third category is the highest level of risk. So essentially, the NCOA is communicating that we're very, we don't have an appetite for very much risk because they have described risks in the moderate and then the averse levels 
but the highest level of risk, which they call tolerant, that there's nothing called out. So in the future, perhaps they'll be taking on more risk, but right now they're not. So that's one thing. I just wanted to share that because a lot of people were commenting on that on LinkedIn. Yes. The second one, which I think is a little bit surprising to me, is that there's no metrics or measurements around the risk appetite. And normally we would call those risk tolerances. So a credit union will typically implement a risk appetite statement or a set of risk appetite statements and then also have risk tolerances. And those risk tolerances is the actual allocation of the appetite of risk down to more specific risks and they're measurable. So like when it comes to human resources risk, which is one of the categories here for the NCUA, would be what's an ex- what's the tolerable level of turnover? What's our tolerance for turnover or something like that? For a natural person credit union looking at credit risk, what's our tolerance for delinquencies? So you actually have a measurement. So you want to be able to measure something to say, are we abiding by our risk appetite or not? And I, I know they would not want to call it risk tolerance because one of their risk levels is called tolerant. So you wouldn't want to use those two words together. So what you would use instead is just risk appetite metrics. So I would say the document lacks risk appetite metrics. So there are a lot of subjective statements, but there's no measurements. And essentially what you're doing is you have some risk slotted into moderate and some slotted into averse. So really all you're saying is we're willing to take on a little bit more risk with these items that are in moderate as opposed to the ones that are in averse. So you're really just ranking them, comparing them, but there's no measurement. So that's those are the two things that I think that they'll probably improve on over time. Well, it's interesting too, as you're saying that, when I, and I did see on both of our LinkedIn's where, where this was brought up by people who I think in their credit unions have either worked with you and put those types of things in, or some folks that, that actually made the same comment on, on my page as well. I'm looking through a document as I'm thinking out loud here. UA is required to do an annual performance plan, and they're required to do a five-year strategic plan. Now, you and I have had discussions about how the strategic plans can reference having the Enterprise Risk Management Council as part of the strategic plan, but it's in those documents where NCUA will have metrics more. Mm-hmm. more. And I don't know, and this again, this is just me thinking out loud, maybe it's because they do those metrics in their annual performance plan, which is a more nimble document. That's where they might find these things. However, it doesn't reference that. That's a question I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask NCUA at a later date and follow up on this. But that's a great point that if you if you just have the broad statements and you don't have any ability to measure it, how do you know if you're actually complying? And I would assume they would probably make that connection that you made within the next year when they update their risk appetite. They'll probably tie those together. Right. Yeah. Right. And I would add, when I work with credit unions, either on the risk appetite side or the key risk indicator side, I tend to try and do those together because as you're building your risk appetites, you can also build key risk indicators across the credit union and use the thresholds within key risk indicators to be risk tolerances. So it's very beneficial to do key risk indicator work at the same time you do risk appetite work. So you're automatically just doing them at the same time. <laughs> sure. Yeah. You don't have to go revisit it. You don't have to remember where were we at? What were we thinking when we did this? Got it. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. 
Very good. Is there anything else, anything that didn't make sense, anything yeah. you found confusing from where you're, you sit? Yeah, like I, yeah, I shared ahead. with you before, there, there was something that, that confused me right away when I first looked at it. So as soon as I got my hands on the document, I popped it open and, and skimmed it. Okay, so I didn't read it. I skimmed it. <laughs> yep. And I looked at the three risk appetite levels and I saw tolerant, moderate, and averse. And first off, those are those are interesting words to use. If you were to use low, moderate, and high risk levels, that would be very intuitive as to what's what. But I got confused when I saw tolerant. So when I saw the word tolerant, I thought that meant the lowest level of risk. Actually, I thought it meant we actually tolerate this level of risk, meaning we're going to define how much risk we want to take and we have a risk level called tolerance. So we're actually going to tolerate this risk. So this is our tolerable risk. This is really our this is our risks we have an appetite for. And then I looked through the rest of the document and I noticed there was nothing in the tolerant category. And I thought, well, that's odd. This is a risk appetite statement, but they're not willing to tolerate any risks. But it turns out it's because I was incorrect in understanding what tolerant meant. Tolerant to what their definition is the highest level of risk. It's what they call the significant risks. And that's why in their document, there are none listed right now under tolerant because they're not willing to take on any significant risks at this time. So if you're glancing at this document and you see the word tolerant, you might have the same quick reaction I did, which is that's the lowest level of risk. But if you read the table, it's the highest level of risk. So I was confused right away, but all it took was just to actually read it in detail. <laughs> David, and would you say the way you interpreted it is likely how credit unions would interpret credit unions who have an enterprise risk management program would likely make that same interpretation? I think that's safe to say that. Yes. I think if you just glance at it real quick and you were just handed three words that say these are our risk levels, tolerant, moderate, and adverse, you might think tolerant was the least level of risk when it's actually the most level of risk. So yeah, that, I think that could be a, it could confuse others. The other thing I would say about that though, is since this is the NCUA and since it's a good idea for credit unions to adopt and follow what the NCUA does, I think this might actually turn out to be more of a standard, so to speak, in with credit unions over time. So I'm not going to say, don't do this. <laughs> I'm just going to say, I always say it's very important to define your important terms when it comes to enterprise risk management and have an official terms and definitions document so that everybody at your credit union knows what tolerant means, what risk appetite means, what inherent risk means. And once you get that done, you're good. Everybody's on the same page. Doesn't matter if your definition is different than the credit union down the street. You need to make sure it's right with you and your board and your credit union. So I was confused temporarily, but all's good now. <laughs> very good. Very good. I think it's great that uh, that we were able to get on so quickly and chat about this, David. And I think it's good that NCUA, as we've talked, has got this out into the to the world saying, hey, we have a risk appetite, which it's really, other than them referencing their enterprise risk management in their strategic plan, and then in their last budget document, they referenced their Enterprise Risk Management Council. They've mentioned it at a couple of board meetings, but there really has not been a lot publicly said about the fact that NCOA has this program. There was a statement also by Chairman Harper that that 
he hoped that credit unions would listen to what NCUA was talking about here relative to NCUA and take it to heart relative to their own operations, which falls short of saying, hey, you're required to have enterprise risk management at credit unions. And you and I have spoke to the fact that while it might not be required, it's definitely encouraged. And there was the chairman of NCUA encouraging it. Again, establishing some sort of expectation. Any last thoughts before we wrap up this episode to the, what NCUA has said here or anything? Last thoughts on enterprise risk? Yeah, just yeah. real quick on what you just said about the NCUA hoping other credit unions take notice. I would say that Risk appetite is something that people do take notice of. And I think you noticed that on LinkedIn. As soon as you broke the news, a lot of people chimed in on this. So it is a big deal. And right on page one, or that's actually page two of their document, on the last paragraph, it says, effective ERM and a well-articulated risk appetite are good management practices. So I think that's a, kind of a subtweet, so to speak, to say, hey, you ought to be doing these things. That's great. That's great. <laughs> And then the last thing I'd say is you and I are doing this podcast and thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm looking forward to having you on my podcast and we can talk about your take on the risk appetite statements and look at it from a different angle as, as far as the different risks and how they're slotted into the categories and different risk levels. Got so this it. is a two-parter and Good I'm really part. happy that you suggested this, Mark. So thank yeah. you for that. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to part two and I'll, I'll share whatever wisdom I have on enterprise risk management. I appreciate you sharing here because you provide some context that I think it helps me understand it more, but I think it'll help my listeners understand it more. And if someone, David, if someone's listening and they're saying, hey, you know what? Way has an app, a risk appetite statement. I've been thinking about getting into enterprise risk management and uh, and listening to this, I now want to, if someone wants to reach out to you and, and talk to you about how they could do it at their credit union, what's the best way for them to reach you? Yeah. Thank you, Mark. I can be reached easily on LinkedIn or at my website or at an email. And the key thing there is my last name, Cybert is spelled S-E-I-B-E-R-T. So my website is davidcybertconsulting.com and you can find me on LinkedIn at David Cybert. And the key thing again is Cybert is spelled S-E-I-B-E-R-T. And my email is at davidcybertconsulting.com. So lots of ways to connect and please do. I'd love to talk about risk appetite. Very good, David. Thanks for your time today. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate it. You got it. And listeners, I appreciate you listening. And I hope you enjoyed this timely episode on enterprise risk management. And I hope you'll listen again soon. This is Mark Treichel signing off with Flying Colors. Thank you for joining us on this episode of With Flying Colors. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app to hear future episodes where subject matter experts of all varieties will provide tips on how to achieve success with NCUA. If you would like to learn more about how we assist credit unions, check out our services at marktreichel.com. 